0: ladies and gents we got another jam-packed episode on the island this week we got one world cup semis in the books Lionel Messi and Argentina are headed back to the world cup final for the first time since 2014 after their big win over Croatia we'll break down Morocco versus France tomorrow recap some of the quarterfinal games those games went crazy we'll talk about that as well week 14 in the nfl is a wrap we'll talk about the biggest games from that slate headlines playoff picture injuries all that and more give our game ball team of the week and biggest letdown awards as well and then we will preview week 15 in the nfl gonna be another great slate we got thursday night football saturday triple header sunday and then monday night so a lot to get to stay tuned keep a lock. Got a lot of soccer and football content coming your way. And don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. Welcome back, friends, to Baller Island. Jay Sohoda Bilal Lahi. Like I said in the intro, we got a lot to get to on this episode. Jam-packed World Cup semis. We got one in the books, one tomorrow. And then by the time we hop on next week, we will have a world champion. We'll talk a little bit about that, and then we'll get into NFL after that. The playoff picture is going crazy. A lot more playoff scenarios this week opposed to last week. be what's going on. Big win for your Patriots last night. And they are back in the playoff picture at the 7th seed.
1: Neat. Absolutely needed that win, And uh Dolphins are kind of falling off a little bit, too. The Bills don't look so hot. I mean... December's when football gets uh goes Patriots' way, man. That's that's how it's been.
0: Absolutely. And and we'll we'll talk a little bit about it later on too. But um prayers up for Kyler Murray, man, here and he to- he tore his ACL. Um that did not look good at all. And the Cardinals season just continues to spiral out of control. Hey, man, I
1: wait. wanna shout out also uh Nelson Aguilar for um stopping the play. Did you see that?
0: Yeah, yeah, I did.
1: Um, heads up, play there, cause I can't believe um, nobody else, the officials or anybody else on the team didn't realize it. So, for him to realize that and call it out, that was a uh, big time play right there.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no question, no question. But big, big win for y'all, especially so the Jets lose to Buffalo, Patriots win. Now they're in after sweeping the Jets, so they got the edge there. Um, so they now sit at the seventh seed. We'll dive into all that playoff picture. Um, then, let's start with a World Cup like we usually do. The quarterfinals were absolutely mental. All four games were crazy. We're down to Argentina, Croatia. Argentina won that game 3 nothing today. Argentina returns to the World Cup final for the first time since 2014. And then, for the first time ever, an African country in Morocco is headed to the World Cup semis. They will play tomorrow against the defending champion, France be any takeaways from the quarterfinals or heading into tomorrow's huge game? Honestly, I
1: was actually, <laughs> I was super shocked what Argentina did today. Um, I thought Croatia was going to muddy it up and um, with their defense, was going to be, I thought it was going to be a draw and go, go after that, maybe 1-1-1-0-0 one, 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 zero, zero or something. But Argentina came out on fire. And uh, I saw the stats, kind of interesting. I'm like, yo, it's definitely looking like, you know, the, The farewell tour for Messi, but five out of his six goals in this World Cup, all penalty kicks.
0: Yeah, yeah, but Messi's been sensational. He's been absolutely phenomenal. What he did today, um, orchestrating really two out of the three goals. One of them, obviously, like you mentioned, was a penalty. Dude was just unbelievable. It's pretty crazy how you would have never thought that they would end up in the finals after how this tournament started with them with arguably one of the bigger upsets of this tournament when Saudi Arabia beat them in their opening matchup. You wouldn't have thought that they would have gotten here after that. But until today, when someone brought it up, to so like Spain back in 2010 in that South Africa World Cup, when they won it, they also got upset in their first matchup against Switzerland, one nothing. So that's when I kind of took it and I was like, oh, this has happened before. So I'm like, it's not as uncommon for a team to lose their opening matchup and then get to a final. Obviously, Spain, the juggernaut that they were during that time. Argentina, obviously, always being in the mix for every single major tournament. Um, But I'm with you. I thought I was a little more shocked that they blew out Croatia like they did. I thought Croatia would have, you know, put in a little more of a fight there. But big win, big win for Argentina and honestly couldn't be happier for Messi, but hey, he's got to finish the fight now. And then looking ahead to tomorrow, Morocco gets France. I mean, how do you even sum up what Morocco's done right now? It's just it's been really fun to watch. Uh,
1: I think everybody that outside of France is, on, is rooting for Morocco tomorrow, too. Um, to see that would be amazing. Give me some March Madness vibes, but I'm not expecting too much. Um, probably be similar to what it was today.
0: Yeah, no, no question. I mean, I feel like it could go either way, but the way Morocco's defense has been, they're not scared of anybody. France shouldn't scare them. They knocked off Spain. They knocked off Portugal. They knocked off Belgium. They should not be scared of France whatsoever. They've already taken down three of the top countries in, in Europe. Why not try to take down the defending champs next? That's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, it is definitely goes up there in one of those David versus Goliath matchups that I think we've been talking about you know, all this time. And I think the debate that I brought it up on our social media after Morocco's win over Portugal, and I want to talk about it briefly because I think it's a little bit of a fun debate. We don't do this enough on this pod, have little debates like this. But earlier this year, we saw the St. Peter's Peacocks become the first 15 seed to make an Elite Eight in March Madness. Now we're seeing Morocco become the first African nation to make a World Cup semifinals. Both are absolutely incredible Cinderella stories, both very different at the same time. B, which one to you so far has been, A, the more impressive Cinderella run or the better Cinderella run, in your opinion?
1: I'm going to say Morocco just because think about those teams that you just named that they beat, right? Like, those are powerhouse teams. And I'm, I'm thinking back to the Oral Roberts one. They beat, you know, a Purdue team, I think, that was, you know, it like some people were higher on some people were not so high on um i can't even remember who else they beat did they beat K- kentucky
0: they did. yeah they knocked off kentucky first and kentucky, kentucky was
1: still not like the the quality of teams they beat were nothing compared to the quality of teams morocco beat in my opinion and then also in basketball you just have that one dude who has a crazy hot streak in the tournament
0: That's true. and
1: and you just ride it right and then morocco case you're going it's a straight 90 minutes. You got to like grind for every single position possession and your defense, you're playing elite, elite offenses. Your defense has to be so tight. Um, so it's a little bit different. I, I would, I would, I would go there.
0: No, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take Morocco as well. I think both of them are, both of them are just incredible stories in itself. Knowing they're both, you know, you have St. Peter's, a very small school Making a name. I think if St. Peters had knocked off your Tar Heels and made the final four, then I think this would have been an even more legitimate debate. Knowing Morocco became the first ever African nation to make the semifinals makes it different. And then also, one, like you just mentioned, for the countries that they knocked off, you know, second ranked in the world, Belgium, knocking off Spain, knocking off Portugal. Those are big-time teams that they knocked off. And now again, tomorrow, they get a chance at defending champion France. But not only that, but the World Cup comes every four years. March Madness, you see this every year, right? You see upsets happen every year. Now, it's not every day you see a 15 seed making an Elite eight. That was the first time ever that's ever happened. But it's more common, right? You say UMBC knock off Virginia a few years back. You see upsets all the time in March Madness. You don't see it often. But it's funny that I bring this up because we alluded to alluded to it like a week or two ago when we talked about how this world cup really makes us it has it's given us a ton of march madness vibes with all the upsets we talked about it a week or two ago but i'm going to go with morocco as well the fact that this tournament doesn't come every year march madness upsets happen every year this doesn't happen every year and morocco becoming the first african nation to make it beating the teams that they did i think they them for sure is the more special upset with the two but both of them like just incredible incredible cinderella stories both this year like saint peter's was unreal what morocco's doing is unreal if morocco wins tomorrow then we have a whole other debate to talk about i'd be absolutely nuts if they actually pull off and beat france lord have mercy i don't even want to know what that's going to happen so again you look at it here Argentina, they were in it 2014. They lost to Germany. They get a chance of redemption there. We talked about Morocco first time in African nations in the semis, and then France trying to go back-to-back titles there. Um, but that's it for the World Cup. Morocco, France tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern, and then the finals will be at 10 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. So by the time we hop on it next week, we will have a world champion, and we will talk about that. Let's head over to the gridiron, shall we? Week 14, B, where do you want to start first? I
1: think we go division by division, honestly.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Let's let's start out in the NFC East because we had two. Washington was on a bye this week, um, but we had two games here. Both definitely things to take away here. We had the Eagles take on the Giants at the Meadowlands. Huge game for the Giants. Um, and that went absolutely poorly. We'll get to that in a second. And then we had the Cowboys host the Texans, which we thought was going to be more like the Eagles-Giants scoreline. And instead, the Cowboys had to pull a rabbit out of the hat in the dying seconds of that game. So I'll start with the Cowboys-Texans, B, because I think this is an interesting debate because they're sitting at 10-3 and of the 5 seed. A lot of people now are looking at the Dallas Cowboys of like, yes, you look at the weak NFC. Are the Dallas Cowboys legit? but then they go and they barely beat the the one-win Houston Texans. Where are you at with the Dallas Cowboys right now after Sunday's game against the Texans?
1: Same place I'm always with these Cowboys, especially this year. You could tell me they're going to go into wherever, beat whoever by as many points. I wouldn't be surprised. You could tell me they're going to lose to whoever, and I also wouldn't be surprised. Which which Cowboys team is going to show up, man, because we have those dominant performances like at Minnesota a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And you're like, wow. And now you have this. And I mean, a win is a win. You can't take that, but still a little bit underwhelming. Um, so to me, it's just like, yeah, they got the talent. They could do it out. Of, get out of the NFC. Wouldn't be shocked if they lose a four or five matchup.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. But um, the thing is, the NFC South is just—it's—it's it's up, it's up in the air, and we'll talk about that as well. Um, but no question, if the way it's looking right now, Dallas got to go on the road and take on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I mean, they already beat you once this season. Now that was in Week One. two—like com- they're two completely different teams now. But no question, I think I think the Cowboys are vulnerable. They've shown it like throughout the year. They've shown times where they look really, really good. They've lost the Buccaneers. They've lost the Eagles and they lost the Packers. All of them have been kind of close. The week one game against Tampa was not close at all. They looked horrifying and now they're looking a whole lot better, but they're beating up on teams that aren't very good. Like you look at some of the teams that they beat in this year. Really? The only glaring one to me is the Bengals back in week two, but the Bengals, like we've talked about the last few weeks are a completely different team from now than they were on week two. Other than that, they beat, Giants commanders Rams are doing horrible this year the Lions weren't as good as they are now the Bears the Colts the Texans right it's they're beating up on teams that they should beat up on but they haven't got any chance to beat a real contender now we're gonna find out about that next week when they host the Eagles and then they go to Tennessee on a short week I think we'll find out a little bit more about them later but looking at their schedule man they like they haven't really played anybody. But that's the thing. The NFC is so weak. It's like, who else would you really play? Like, it was like San Francisco. I think that's probably the only other, like, true contender. They played Philly. They played Minnesota. Right? So, that's, that's the other thing, too. The NFC is so weak. It's like, how do you really know?
1: Yeah, everybody's played basically the same guys anyways in the NFC. And it's like, if you haven't played any comp, it's just... You already played the number one seed, the two seed... And the three seed, right?
0: Yeah. No, exactly. They have not played the Niners this season, but yeah, they played, they're, they're going to play the Eagles for a second time, and then they played the Vikings. Yeah. So
1: I don't, and they killed the Vikings. So, I mean, we all think the Vikings aren't that good, but still, you, I mean, at the time, they were, well, I think the Vikings were undefeated. So you got to coming off a huge win against Buffalo. I mean, they're definitely that team that plays up or down to their comp.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that because that Texas game should have been a, like, they, they should have won that game by, like, 20 points. So I'm shocked that it wasn't like that. But Dak Prescott did show that, hey, man, like, he gets the ball late in the game. He was able to drive down the field and, and score a touchdown. I think that was kind of a big deal, too. But I don't really know where I'm at with the Cowboys, man. I just, I can't wrap my head around them like I can't take them seriously because they always do this they did it last year too and then they lost in the wild card round they always kind of build themselves up and then you know they end up fi- beating a or they end up getting a bad matchup in the playoffs and then they end, don't end up winning so it'll be interesting to see how this kind of plays out for Dallas I think Philadelphia that's going to be the tough matchup and we'll see on Christmas Eve because they could definitely end up playing them in the divisional round another team obviously the 49ers both defenses are very tough. How did they play against that? That's really it. They already proved that they could beat the Vikings. And then the rest of the wild cards are the NFC East, who they've already played against and they've already beaten. So, I don't know. We'll, we're we going to find out more about them. But I'm, I'm with you. I'm not really my... I haven't really changed on the Cowboys. I don't really think they're Super Bowl contenders. I think they're a really good team. But... I don't trust it until they've actually done something in the playoffs. Like, make an NFC champion. I've said this for the longest time about the Cowboys. Make an NFC championship game, then let's talk. As for, as for the other half of the uh, NFC East, we knew this was a huge game for the Giants. Everybody and their mothers knew this was a big game for the Giants. And they just didn't show up.
1: I think, I mean, we've kind of seen this coming a little bit. It's like they've been coming off a cliff. Um, after they started off, what seven and two or something like that? Yep. So, um, I guess it's kind of all catching up to them. Saquon wasn't a hundred percent either. So, um, we're both kind of over this Giants team, and we've said it before. So, I don't think it's uh, nothing too crazy. I wasn't really surprised either, but it is a little bit embarrassing how bad they got beat.
0: Yeah, that's like you want to go out there, you want to show some fight, and it just does not look like for the giants it just does not look like they're going to they're going to make much noise i don't even know if they, they might just fall out of the whole thing altogether at this rate like they got they got another huge one against the commanders on primetime this week then they got to go to minnesota on christmas eve that's going to be a very tough game for them and then you got indie winnable game and then you finish out at philly three of their last four are on the road three of their last four are against contending teams it's it's not looking good. Like the Giants got to go two and two here, and even if they go two and two, they finish nine and seven and one. Is that enough to get it as the seventh seed? I think it might. And that tie, like we talked about it um, last week, that you know that tie is gonna come out and influence in some way in week eighteen. It very well might just help them get into the playoffs. But they gotta split this, and I think they gotta. It starts by beating the Commanders this week. They gotta beat the Commanders. They gotta beat the Colts. I can't really see them beating the Vikings or the Eagles. So I think it's must win this weekend for the Giants. I I really do.
1: Yeah, yeah, they can't drop this game. If they drop this game, it's I think it's all but over.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the winner the winner of that game I think is is looking pretty good for the playoffs. The loser, you know, they're gonna have to bottle it out with Seattle and Detroit um, for the other wild cards. So the NFC is definitely looking interesting. Still, a lot of big games coming up, and that Giants Commanders game is huge this week on. Uh, Sunday Night Football as that one got flexed in there. So NFC is still a whole lot. I think it's still Phillies to lose. And people are saying, oh, Dallas might have a chance. No, I think this is still Phillies division to lose. They got two games up. Um, I can't really see them dropping that. And it's probably the one seed to lose as well at this point. Cowboys, the five seed is basically theirs. I can't see anyone else getting to the five. They got a three-game lead in the wild card. So it looks like they're going to get the five seed and then end up going on the road to whoever the heck wins the NFC South. Let's go to the NFC South. What like every week there's something new with this damn division. Every single week there's something different.
1: I mean, bro, this is terrible. Like it, it is so bad. Every team is so garbage. Um like I don't even know. Like I mean, Carolina somehow is still alive. Like every I here? I can't believe it. Atlanta going to the new quarterback now in week 14, 15 is still alive. Like, I mean, Andy Dalton is still alive. Like, come on.
0: It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like we didn't, we never truly really believed that a Tom Brady Tampa. We always believed that they were going to figure it out. They were going to figure it out. And they just have not figured it out. And it's now mid-December. Like I know it took this long last time when they won the super bowl but they at least looked a whole lot better in 2020 than they do right right now they look horrible they just got stomped on by the niners like the niners literally took a bite of them chewed them up spit them back out and just left the stadium like that was like that was literally a brutal performance i haven't seen that happen to brady in the books like like, ever, I know what's happened to Brady a few times in New England, but we haven't seen this happen with Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was embarrassing that your squad was picking off Tom Brady's balls and asking him to sign it after the game. Like, there's no cohesion at all on the Bucks' offense. Make, even their defense was making your guy look like he was the next Tom Brady. Like, it was so bad on all phases. Um, and it, if they weren't in this AF, or NFC South, we would have given up on them a long time ago.
0: Like I've been saying it all year when it's come to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that they just don't look good. I don't know what it is with this team. And we like I said, our only faith that we put in this team is Tom Brady. Tom Brady's the only reason why we keep believing in the team that they're going to figure it out. They're going to figure it out. They were even saying it on the cast on like like during during the telecast that Mike Evans and Tom Brady just have not been able to get on the same page at all this season. And that is like a very significant because they haven't been able to run the football for like for the life of them. Godwin's been in and out with injury. You're going to rely on what, 39 year old Julio Jones? No, thank you. Then you still got Mike Evans. I don't know, man. It's, just, it's not working. And you alluded, to, you, you brought it up weeks ago, but not having Gronk there definitely makes a huge difference. And I'm in agreement with you like that. Not having Gronk there, this Bucks team is not the same, especially on offense defense. It's, it, I'm going to chop it up to injuries. They've just lost way too many guys on the line, way too many guys in the secondary. They just can't keep up. But that was an absolutely pathetic performance from Tampa Bay. I honestly expected more. Like, I know the Niners are a good team, and they're red hot. They're scorching hot right now. But I expected way more out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that matchup.
1: It's like we said last week. It's like without Brady, I don't know how many wins they have because he's pulled so many games straight out of nothing. And... um That being said, if I'm the Cowboys and it's 5-4, I'm still like, yo, I still am a little weary about this game. Because you just never know, man. It's just like, especially with the Cowboys, yo, we know how they play at at that time of the year. We know how Tom Brady plays at that time of the year. It's still, throw the records out, throw everything out that happened all year and just, it's a 0-0 score.
0: Yep, absolutely. So, here's the deal, and I literally just found this out a few minutes before we began this pod. The Carolina Panthers, here's the deal with this team. They are, what, 5-8 right now. If they win out and go 9-8, and eight, they win the NFC South. So if they win out, Tampa basically is in a must-win situation in Week 17 when they play the Panthers. If they lose that game and the Panthers win out, the Carolina Panthers are going to be hosting the Dallas Cowboys on wildcard weekend. How wild is that?
1: No, that is actually stupid I don't think anybody like I would love to see a lot of ticket of somebody having Carolina Panthers making the playoffs
0: I I mean they'd make a crap ton of money I'll tell you that much but I mean they they went into Seattle they got a big win on Sunday and they they really helped my Niners which I like but I, I mean the Panthers are still they're not a great team like it just shows how pathetic this division is like The Buccaneers, they got to straighten something out, man. I don't know what it is, but they got four games remaining before the playoffs. Like, I'm with you. It's so weird because some weeks they're... Here's the thing, I think, with Tampa Bay. If you start scoring points and get a big lead, it's over. Yes, Tom Brady's on the other side, but Tom Brady can't do squat if those receivers are not doing squat. You know what I'm saying? But if you let them in the game that's when you should be scared. And that's why Kyle Shanahan was so aggressive on Sunday about, like, we need to score. Because if we let them in the game, now you're screwed. We saw that with the Rams. We saw that with the Saints. We've, saw that, we've seen that a few times. with We saw that with the Seahawks. If you let Tom Brady and this Buccaneers team in the game, in a 2017 game or in a 14-10 game, that's when you should be scared. And Tom Brady's got the ball left to do something. But if you go up like the Niners did by four or five scores, it's a wrap. That's it. It's over. Just put a bow on it. It's, it's, it's done. But you just can't let them stay in the game. I think that's what I've learned with Tampa Bay. If you want to beat them, you have to beat them. But if you keep them in the game, they will stick around and then they'll find a way eventually, right? It's the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Like The, the Packers, right? you blow them out, they're not going to do anything. But if you let Aaron Rodgers stick around for long enough... They're going to come back and they're going to hunt you.
1: Nah, no doubt, man. I think even like when you're up 16 to three or whatever it was, even if it's a two possession game, Brady will get one score. And then your defense is like, yo, the defense gets all riled up. And I've been saying this for a time. It's like the defense will get riled up. You just got to give the ball back to him and we have a chance. Like, it's like, do not fall behind by more than you can overcome. And, you're, and you got a shot. You always have a shot.
0: Absolutely. And it doesn't get any easier for the Buccaneers as they take on another young quarterback in Joe Burrow and the Bengals. So the Red Hot Niners in week 14 to now taking on the Red Hot Bengals in week 15. It really, truly does not get any easier for Tampa Bay. So that'll be very interesting to see how they bounce back against a team that's literally just as hot as San Fran was just in another conference. So that should be interesting there. Carolina. Uh, takes on Pittsburgh. So a v- very winnable game for the Panthers at home. So they'll be interesting. If the Panthers lose, right now we're saying, okay, the Bucks are probably still going to win the division. But as long as Carolina keeps winning, they're now putting the heat on Tampa Bay. So that's something to keep an eye on there. The Panthers beat Seattle 30-24. to Flipping it as the Bucks lost to the Niners, the Panthers beat the Seahawks, flipping it to the NFC West. Rams and Cardinals are done. Your Patriots basically put the, you know, put the final uh, nail in the coffin on the Cardinals last night, and then Kyler getting hurt. That really definitely ended their season right there. So the Niners and Seahawks are the last two teams standing in the West. They will play each other and kick off Week 15 on Thursday night in the Pacific Northwest. If the 49ers win, they will win the NFC West division. Seattle needs to win to keep their division hopes alive in this one.
1: I... Seattle just keeps getting the, – the, the, the thing with Seattle, I think Geno's finally cooled off, and um, they, they can't stop anybody on defense. Like, they cannot stop anybody. Um, but it was a nice story. It was a nice story, but um, that Thursday matchup should be interesting just based off of their boy Purdy playing on a short week.
0: No question, and Purdy's a little banged up as well, so there is a slight chance that it will be Josh Johnson starting this game which would be the Niners' fourth quarterback on the year. Um, But I'm going to assume that Purdy's probably going to give it a go if he's good enough to play and do so. But, yeah, I'm with you. The the, the Seahawks, they've definitely come back to earth now. They've lost three out of their last four. You're right. They've given up 30 and 40 to the Raiders and the Panthers. So this should be – and this is a Niners team that just dropped 35 on the Buccaneers – I when you look at it that way, this should be a team that the nine or this should be a game where the Niners should run away with. However, this is the Seattle Seahawks we're talking about. I know when they met back in week two, it was a blowout. The Niners completely manhandled them twenty seven to seven. But you're in Seattle. It's prime time. You know, it's it's always there's always something when we play. Seattle last year I thought was gonna be the year that we end up sweeping these guys and it just it it just was not. Seattle, they ended up, you know. I think it was down to the wire, they won that game thirty to twenty three on like the last play of the game as per usual. So you never really know with this team and you never know what's gonna happen. But I think this Niners defense, they've been playing so good. And like you said, this Seahawks defense cannot stop anybody. So you got two polar opposites on defense. I think the Niners should be able to get this done. And even if they don't, Seattle travels to KC next week to take on the Chiefs. I can't see them going in there into KC and pulling that off. So the Niners should end up winning the West, whether it's this week or next week. It's just really, you know, you finish it this week, you're finishing it off quicker than usual. But it's pretty amazing how this Niners team just continues to find ways to win, though, With despite these losses. And Debo Samuel's now going to miss three weeks as well. Thank God. I honestly thought that was going to be a season-ending injury, man. The way that that looked, holy crap. I, I thought
1: so, too. I thought so, too. And I was like, dude, you guys cannot catch a oh,
0: break. I've seen that damn card one too many damn times this season, bro. Holy... I'm just glad that, that's, that that was not what I thought it was and it ends up being a high ankle sprain. Honestly, sit him out for the rest of the re- – especially if we win and we win the division on Thursday night, just sit him out for the rest of the regular season. What's the rush in bringing him back? But we'll see what Shanahan decides to do um, when the time comes and depending on when we clinch the division and how that goes. But this Niners team, man, when, when I look at him, it's amazing what Brock Purdy's done in a game and a half and now it's only a game and a half. You know, we've seen this before. How are are they going to be consistent? Is he going to be more like Colin Kaepernick trajectory or more like Nick Mullins trajectory? Because Kaepernick and Mullins both had fantastic debuts like Purdy. And one went to the Super Bowl and one ended the year 4-12. and You know what I'm saying? So we'll see what happens now. Brock Purdy has the best defense in football behind him. Brock Purdy has some of the best skill players around him. That's going to help his cause. And when Brock Purdy's out there making some of the throws that he's making, I'll be honest, B, I have never seen throws like that out of Jimmy Garoppolo. It is actually impressive what this kid has done in a game and a half. And what I love about this Niners team, and I'm just going to be as completely blunt when I say this, this Niners team just does not give a shit. Like, they lose Trey Lance early in the year. We got Jimmy. We don't care. They lose Jimmy. Yeah, we got Purdy. We don't care. Debo Samuel gets carted off. Yeah, we don't care. We're just going to keep winning too. We're down to like maybe three, four defensive linemen. We've our depth is, is short as heck. Sure. No, we're still going to go out and we're going to win this game. Elijah Mitchell goes down with an injury. Christian McCaffrey's out there running for over a hundred. It's simply amazing how resilient this football team is.
1: Do uh, you got the thing is you got, you, you guys got a, a championship defense and you guys know it. That's what it is. It's like, you guys know it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. And, um, uh... You, know, you guys will always have a chance to win with that defense.
0: That can go a long way, man. A long way. But we'll we'll see how that ends up going on Thursday night. If they're able to clinch the division, it would be the earliest that they've been able to clinch the division under Kyle Shanahan. Last time they did it was in Seattle as well on primetime, but that was week 17. And if they lost, they would have dropped to the five seed. And then they had to win to get in in the last week, last year as well. So, it would be pretty cool to have this team clinch the division so early in week 15 with three games to spare, I think would be a pretty big deal, but that's a big one. Thursday night, Seahawks looking to keep their division hopes alive. Niners trying to wrap up the West with three weeks remaining. How about those Detroit lions speaking of teams that are red hot right now? I'm going to be honest with you. I think the hottest teams in football right now, Kansas city chiefs, Cincinnati Bengals, San Francisco, 49ers, Philadelphia Eagles and the Detroit Lions. I think those are the top five most hottest teams in football right now.
1: Yeah, I mean it's hard to have both KC and since I mean since he just beat KC, I mean I guess, but yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, I, I might even throw up. Uh, um, shoot, shoot. Uh, what was I going to say? You know what? Never mind. We're, I'm rolling. Detroit. Detroit is on fire. Detroit is on fire. They've been putting up points. They're right there in the wildcard spot now or, or right outside of it. They're in the mix, man. And I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, take over the Giants in that wildcard spot. This was that game when they, there was that. Uh, remember, it was like, why, why, why are the Lions favored? Why are the Lions favored in this game? And um, shoot, they laid it on, on Minnesota.
0: It was really impressive. And this is another team like I just talked about with the Niners. The Lions don't really give a damn either. Like, this is a team that comes out. They don't really care who they're playing, but they'll come out and they'll play hard. I got to say, I love, I know we, we've given Dan Campbell so much love on this podcast, but that play to Penny Sewell was one of the mm-hmm. coolest things I've ever seen. I was like, now that, that is the creativity I love seeing in an offense. And Jared Goff is playing out of his mind. Like, he is playing like he was with the Rams back in 2018. That's good stuff. And they're, they're sharing the rock. They got a three-headed dragon a running back. This offense is a whole lot more versatile than I think a lot of people think. And, they're, and they made it look easy on Sunday against the Vikings team that this defense is a problem. Their offense, we know they can score and they can score points. They got Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook and Kirk and Thielen. Thielen got involved on Sunday too. But this defense has been atrocious at times this season.
1: Yeah, and they just got eaten alive, man. I think that was – that Panay Sewell play was – Sick. How how fast did he get out to that flat? Like, that was ridiculous. To see an offensive lineman just release that quickly was um, pretty crazy. And then uh, on the Viking side, it's like, have you ever seen a quieter 223 (laughs) receiving yard game? Like, Justin Jefferson ended up with 223 receiving yards, and it was like the quietest game ever because – they only scored 23 points, and they got blasted. Like they actually got blasted by the Vikings. You're joking. I mean, by the
0: Lions, this guy did not have 223 receive. Oh my God, he did. That's, a- bro. What the heck?
1: I'm telling you, the, mo- the I just said it. The quietest big time receiving. Holy ever seen.
0: Sh- Justin Jefferson went for 11 catches in 223 yards. Kirk Cousins threw for over. This was like honestly, hundred Kirk- yards.
1: Kirk Cousins' best statistical game of the season, too. 425, two touchdowns, no picks.
0: And they lost by double digits. This is why the Minnesota Vikings don't get taken seriously. This, This is a prime example. This right here is why nobody takes the Minnesota Vikings seriously. Wow. That's actually wild. That's actually wild. And, and, and back to the Pene Sewell thing. Kyle Shanahan, take notes. Because I want to see Trent Williams do that before that man retires. But that, that's what I'm saying. Like, the Lions, they look like they're having fun. Like, this was a team, they, they were coming so close. They were by, They were battling, they were battling, they were battling, and they were falling short every week. Then they figured it out. They beat the Packers. They're like, finally, we found a way to win. And ever since that Packers game, they've just taken off. All, the only loss they've had in what the past like six weeks was a game to Buffalo that they really should have won, that they lost with literally one second left on the clock. It's really impressive what Detroit has done so far, and they got, honestly, they got a really winnable schedule coming up. They got at the Jets on Sunday. The Jets have been a very questionable team thus far. Carolina, really, again, you don't know what the, Carolina shows up one Sunday, they stink one Sunday, they come up and they're fighting hard as ever. The Bears, that's a very winnable game. And then they go to Lambeau in week 18. I honestly they, three out of the four are on the road. But I think if the Lions keep playing the way that they're playing right now, they might have a shot here, man. This is this team's playing lights out football right now. I love the way that they're playing. They just they can't let the moment get to them. They're so close to getting a wild card. We we just talked about it. The Giants are on the are are on the downfall. Seattle has 49ers, Chiefs, Jets next three weeks. Those are three playoff contenders. Those are two Super Bowl contenders in the next two weeks. Seattle might fall apart. Then there's Washington, which leaves one spot left. Detroit goes three out of the next four. That puts them at, what, nine and eight? I think that gets them in.
1: The thing with all these teams in the mix, Seattle, the Giants, Detroit, you have no idea what you're getting week to week. Yep. Right? Detroit yep. started off the season <laughs> really hot. They were like the best offense in the league for like the first two, three weeks. Then they hit this slump, and now it looks like they're kind of back. Seattle starts off super hot. The Giants start off super hot. And it's like any given week, man, it's like you could give up 40 to the Raiders or you could beat, you know, the Cowboys, like on any given week.
0: Yeah. No, 100%. 100% agree. It it is something else. Lions team, you're right. You don't know who you're going to get, but – Again, this team, the way that they're playing right now, if they keep playing like that, they can beat anybody. They just got to keep it rolling. And again, not let the moment get too big for them, knowing that, holy crap, we can actually make this thing. They went from tanking and getting a top five pick to, holy crap, we could be playing in in the second week of January on wild card weekend. Pretty amazing stuff for that team. And they've definitely taken that second year leap that I've been talking about all season. The Lions, whether they get in the playoffs or not, They have taken that second-year leap, and they have a lot of stuff to look forward to heading into 2023. So good on them. As for the Vikings, I mean, for me, it depends on who they get in the playoffs. Like, they get a bad I'll tell you what, and they they actually talked about this over the weekend too. If the Vikings, which it all looks like it, they're going to get the two seed. If the Lions get in the playoffs, they would get the seven If I'm the Minnesota Vikings, I don't want to see the Detroit Lions for a third straight time. Or for a third time this season. You don't think your Niners can catch them? They can, but I I think the Vikings will end up getting the two seed. The Niners could. I mean, let's see what the Vikings got here. I mean, they... They got um, – I know they got Green Bay. They got the Giants coming up. They have the Colts this week. That's a – yeah, they got Colts, Giants, Packers, Bears. Those are winnable games. I can't see them really falling apart in any of those games right there. Maybe the Green Bay game just because it's at Lambo, But other than that, I don't I, – I can't really see them getting tripped up in Colts, Giants, Bears. I mean, can you?
1: I mean, that would be a, a crazy uh, matchup again – Playing Detroit in the playoffs, Detroit was going to be walking into that game with some swagger, kind of like, "Yo, we run this." You know, like it'll be uh interesting. That man- I mean, even if they play whoever the Giants or Washington, I'm like, it's still. I mean, like Washington, I think will put up a fight. Um, see, so yeah, I think all these teams will put up a good fight, regardless of who they play.
0: Yeah, no, I agree, but um, but then again, if they if the Vikings win. And let's say the 49ers win, then the 49ers go to Minnesota. Now, that's when they get a real test, right? Or Dallas already beat the crap out of them. The Eagles already beat the crap out of them. So it'll be very interesting to see how how that all kind of plays out. But the Vikings, I think it's very matchup-based. If they get a bad matchup, I don't like it for them. But if they get a good matchup, like the the Giants or Washington, Seattle, I think they'll be all right for a round or two. But we'll see how that kind of plays out there. Um, Before we keep this rolling, let's go to the AFC real quick. Uh, Chargers-Dolphins, Sunday Night Football. It was a bit sloppy, but the Dolphins, once again, second week in a row, they kind of have fallen back to earth a little bit. And the Chargers get a must-needed win, but it, again, didn't look very pretty.
1: Uh, Herbert looks pretty good, though. I will say that. Oh, he that. did. And um, that kind of, I mean, to me, it's never been a question. He's better than Tua. But, yeah, I think the Dolphins are kind of falling off a little bit. And the thing that really brought it up to me was, like, one – They're playing at at the Chargers Stadium so far, and it's like I could actually hear Chargers fans there. Like, that never happens, one. And then you have a Miami team that brought heaters on the sideline to play in L.A. That is when you're like, yo, you're a warm-weather team. This time of the year, this is normally when they start to fall off. You're bringing heaters to L.A. What are you going to have to bring to Buffalo this week? Because now – now is when it gets really tough. You don't run the ball. You're slinging it as far as you can on every possession. In the nice, cozy, warm weather, now it's December football. This is a different, different sport.
0: Yeah, I think the Dolphins, I hate to say it, but I think it's, it's not looking very good for them right now. When you, look, when you look at this win streak that they had, they beat the Steelers, the Lions, the Bears, the Browns, the Texans. And they beat the Lions by four points. They beat the Bears by three points. Mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say that I think I was wrong about the Dolphins. I thought they were more for real. I think they thought they were going to be more competitive, but they've now dropped two games. Uh, yes, sure, they're on the West Coast, but two games that I would have expected them to be a little more competitive. Like Tua did not. Yes, they lost by six points. But Tua did not play good against the Chargers. Tua got humbled by that Niners defense a week and ago. And it
1: took a ridiculous fumble seven you know. their points. Like yep, That is exactly. like
0: a once-in-a-lifetime play. Yeah, exactly. I think this Saturday night is going to tell us a whole lot about Miami. If they go into Buffalo despite all this nonsense, the space heater crap, Tua struggling and all that, then okay. Then I think we're like, okay, the Dolphins the Dolphins are back. I think they, they're not done just yet. But if the Dolphins go into Buffalo Saturday night and they get plastered by like twenty points, although Buffalo hasn't exactly looked they looked right either, then then I think it, it is safe to say that like, yeah, Miami's done. They they may make the playoffs as a wild card team, but it's not going to look good if they keep on this trajectory because this is now two straight weeks. They haven't looked good. Now you're going to freeze and cold Buffalo, and then they got Packers, Patriots, Jets. So three of their final four are divisional games. This is going to be the difference between Miami making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. So I don't know. And they man. were
1: like the number one seed, like not even two weeks long ago. ago. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And now they could fall out of the playoffs altogether. They're one game ahead of the Patriots.
0: That's what, that's what December football does, man. It's one game and you can change everything and one big loss and you just drop.
1: Straight down the standings, man. I, I think, honestly, and I said it last week, I'm like, I don't think this, this team has a chance not to make the playoffs. And uh, I think it's coming more and more realistic. I like my squad more than I like the Dolphins. And I low-key, I think I like the Jets more, too. Even though the last two games they've lost – it's been like I mean they kinda hung around with Buffalo and it's like they're they're very frisky.
0: Yeah. The Jets are very frisky. They don't go away. It's that offense. That offense is just inconsistent. But their defense is very consistent. And they should have beat the Minnesota
1: Jets... two weeks ago.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. The Jets the Jets don't give up. And that's the the AFC East, every single team is still in it. The buff Buffalo has not looked great. But the division is still theirs to lose. The one seed is still is still in play for them. So every game matters for Buffalo right now. Whether they win the division or not, you know, within the next few weeks, you gotta keep with. Like, let's say they clinch the division in Week 16 with two games remaining, they're gonna have to play till the end because you that one seed we've been talking about it all year long is so important. To, especially with the way that these last few Bills home games have gone in terms of weather, it's been an Absolute disaster. It's been snowing, hailing, raining, it's freezing, it's windy. All the elements are in Buffalo. You want a team to come in there in January and beat you in a playoff game. That's what you want. You don't want to make it another arrowhead invitational. So the Bills still have a whole lot to play for, and they're still not quite there yet. Your Patriots just don't go away. I don't know what it is. With this. this offense is just honestly, man. I don't know how this offense even produces points at this point because Patricia, I mean, Lord, you and I could call better plays. But, like, they're finding a way. And like I said, Belichick defenses, you can never, ever count them out. So they're not going to go away. The Jets don't go away. And then the Dolphins are 8-5. and five. They're kind of inconsistent, but they're in the mix too. The whole AFC East is still in play here. And there's some big divisional games coming up down the stretch in that division.
1: I got to say, though, I, I know Patricia's been terrible, but... Mac Jones lashing out at him last week and then doing the same yesterday is not a good look. That is not something um, any Patriots player does. Like, I'm surprised. Like, he, like especially now you have, you know, you have somebody that's at least serviceable behind him, too, and maybe not that far off and zappy. Like, I'm surprised. And I wouldn't be surprised. He lashes out one more time. Belichick's like, yo, sit your ass down on the bench because that shit doesn't fly here.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have a good point. I think something honestly needed to be said. Like, I don't blame Mac for doing that, but I understand what you're saying with the whole the Patriot way type thing. So, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens with the Pats. I mean, they, they got some big games coming up, too. They got a, the Raiders this week and then the Bengals on Christmas Eve. So, that should be interesting there, too. I'm rounding out the Week 14 scores. The Bills beat the Jets 20-12, to low score and a fair. Bengals beat the Browns 23-10. to They keep rolling. Chiefs beat the Broncos 34-28. Yes, the Broncos scored 28 points. That happened, but they lost Russell Wilson to injury. Ravens beat the Steelers 16-14. The, speaking of losing quarterbacks, they lost Tyler Huntley, and we're down to their third-string quarterback in that game as well. So, we're not sure who's going to start on Saturday against the Browns. Jaguars finally get back to who they were. They beat the Titans 36-22. Big win for them. Patriots beat the Cardinals last night 27-13. And then Baker Mayfield and the Rams beat the Raiders 17-16 in typical Raiders fashion, losing to a guy that literally just walked off the plane before that game kicked off, and the Raiders still find a way to lose. That's just what this team does. They find different and unique creative ways to lose. They should write a book on creative ways to lose. I
1: think they were up, like, 16 to, like, nothing or something, or maybe 16 to three at halftime. And Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, we're we're cool. And then I check my phone, and it's like, Baker Mayfield leads Rams 98-yard game-winning drive. And I'm like – Good Lord. Like, come on.
0: This thing is scripted. (laughs) Like – I'm telling you, they should write a book. I don't know what to do. Honestly, and I've Mark Davis do a whole book signing. Like, it's just, it's, it's so bad. Like, this one week you got Josh Jacobs running for 300 yards, and they were like, the Raiders finally found a formula to win. But, like, no, they don't find formula, formulas to win, they find formulas to lose. And it's like, if they really were serious about winning games, you beat the Rams, who are starting a quarterback who literally knows a total of two plays in a playbook that probably has like 300 plays. I don't get it, but that's just the Raider way. I don't know what to tell you there. Um, so the playoff picture in the AFC, like we just talked about, the Bills and Chiefs are tied at 10-3. and 3. Bills currently have the head-to-head, so they're sitting at the one seed. They will clinch a playoff berth with a win. The Kansas City Chiefs will clinch the AFC West once again with a win or a Chargers loss. Ravens sit at the three seed at 9-4. Speaking of teams who are resilient, I don't know how that team keeps finding ways to win, but good coaching with John Harbaugh and Co., Titans sitting at the four seed at seven and six. They're now on a three-game losing streak. Things ain't looking so good for Tennessee. Wild card. Bengals sitting at nine and four at the five seed. Dolphins at the six at eight and five. And then Patriots at the seven at seven and six. Chargers and Jets on the outside looking in, sitting at seven and six in the AFC. I think when you're looking at the AFC, it's that wild card, right? I think Bengals, Ravens still up for grabs. Bills, Chiefs, it's one of those teams going to end up getting the one seed. Ravens probably going to end up with the three. And then it's... Who ends up getting the wild cards out of Miami, New England, the Jets, and the Chargers?
1: Yeah, those four teams are kind of uh, locked in. I mean, I, I, I would throw the Dolphins in, and uh, the Bengals kind of um, are a locked to me. The Dolphins, Patriots, Chargers, Jets are where we're at right now. And I think Agreed. if I had to pick two right now, I really I have my Patriots in because I I honestly feel the best out of my Patriots out of these four teams. I don't feel great about the Dolphins, Chargers or the Jets. Um, so I would I would have my Patriots in, and I think I would have to go. Honestly, I don't even know who I would pick as my my six or seven.
0: Yep. Yeah. Talent-wise, it's still the Dolphins, although Tua is struggling like hell. And then, of course, like you just talked about, they don't know how to run the football, and that's a problem, especially when you go into December and January. So that's my my worries, you know, my worries, worry about the Dolphins. But talent-wise, they're absolutely still there. But when it comes to coaching, Bill Belichick is one of the best that ever do it. Miami's got a first-year head coach. The Chargers got a second-year head coach. The Jets got a second-year head coach. So I think the Patriots most definitely have the edge there. In the NFC, the Eagles sit at the one seed. It's pretty much theirs to lose at this point. Sitting at 12 and one, Vikings sit at the two at 10 and three. They will clinch the NFC North with a win or Detroit lost the Jets. The Niners sit at the three seed at nine and four. They will clinch the NFC West with a win over Seattle on Thursday. The Bucks sit at the four at six and seven. The Cowboys can clinch a playoff berth with a win over Jacksonville. They're 10 and three. They sit at the five. The Commanders and Giants are both seven and five and one. They currently have the six and seven seed, and then. On the outside looking in, you got Seattle at seven and six, Detroit at six and seven, Green Bay at five and eight, and then I included the Panthers at five and eight because not for the wild card, but for the NFC South. So game ball, B, who you got.
1: Uh, game ball goes to um, Baker Mayfield, man. I mean, I think he's just. I mean, he's we, we saw. I mean, we know he has talent. We know he's tough. And for him to come in, win that game—that's probably the best win, or like you know, probably the best win of his whole career. Like the one that feels the best. Everybody's doubting you. You come in, you put this team on your back. Yeah. Um, when they really needed something to happen, so I gotta—that's a huge shout out right there.
0: Yeah, Baker. Baker's playing for a job right now, man. Like we know Stafford's gonna come at some point, and the Rams probably aren't aren't gonna need another quarterback. But what Baker does in these next, you know, four or five games—it's—it's. It's, it can do a lot for you, right? We saw what Jimmy Garoppolo when he got traded to the Niners. What five games did for him? What's five games gonna do for Baker Mayfield? Here, he is playing for a job, and if he keeps playing like he did on Thursday night against the Raiders, he does that night on Monday night at Lambeau against Aaron Rodgers. That's gonna that's gonna you know open some eyes for some general managers. So Baker's playing for his job, and he's off to a good start there. My game ball. I mean, come on, Brock Purdy. Come on now. This guy this guy was so good on Sunday. Being the first ever quarterback to get to win his for his debut against Tom Brady. nobody's has done that before in their first ever start. Dude was amazing. He made some incredible throws. That throw to, to McCaffrey was unbelievable. The throw to Ayuk at the end of the half was just ridiculous. What that kid did in his debut was unbelievable. But consistency is key. We got to see if he's able to be consistent. But that was one hell of a debut um, for Brock Purdy. Incredible team of the week we got.
1: I'm going with Philly um, division games, get a little weird on the road, um, come out like they did 430 total yards, just honestly manhandled them. And it was like, yo, these guys aren't even in the same class as us. Don't even talk to us about these guys. Um, really impressive, man. Cause I, I was, I'm not super high on the Eagles, but if they keep on, you know, showing us what we got, then we got to
0: give them more attention. I got the Detroit Lions, man. This team is red hot right now. Coming off a huge win against the Vikings, people were questioning why the hell is a six-win Viking or a five-win Viking team favored over a ten-win Viking team. Well, the Lions went out and just took it right to them, and they got it done. This team is hot. Their defense is playing good football. Their offense is playing lights out. Dan Campbell's on a roll. Lions are my team of the week. Let's see if they can keep it rolling into the postseason for the first time since I believe 2016 or 17. right, biggest letdown of the week we got. Jeez,
1: where do we want to go here? You could go Miami, you could go Tampa, you could go Seattle, you could go Raiders. Tennessee, you could go the Raiders, you could go the Vikings, you could like literally have to leave. Um, But here's a curveball for you. I'm going to go with letdown of the week, KC defense. How on earth do you give up 28 points to Denver? This is – it's not about this game. You still won the game, but you're letting me and you play pitch and catch and scoring 28 points on your team, and you have Super Bowl aspirations here. Huge red flag, man. I don't think nobody's paying enough attention to this. This is a red flag um, that's going to bite them in the ass if they don't fix it up real quick.
0: No, it's a good point, man. There's a lot of good teams, man, a lot of good teams. We talk about the Bengals are red hot right now. The Bills are eventually going to figure it out. When Lamar comes back for Baltimore, they're dangerous too. So, I'm with you. The Chiefs, definitely, that defense has got to figure it out. My biggest letdown, the New York Giants, man. You had such a big opportunity. I know things have been going your way, but, like, it's a divisional game. You're at home, and you give up 48 points. And this is a defense that's actually been fairly decent all year long. And to give up almost 50 points to this Eagles offense, I know this Eagles offense is hitting on all cylinders right now, but that was just, like... That was brutal, man. If I'm a Giants fan, that's a crushing blow um, to our season right there. Absolutely brutal for them. That's a huge letdown for the Giants to to come in there and not even show up. Brutal, 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 brutal. All right, week 15 predictions. Let's start it off. Thursday night, big NFC West matchup. Niners, Seahawks, Niners win. The West is theirs. Who you got?
1: I'm taking Seattle 2017 just because at Seattle – Short week for Purdy, then maybe, you know, he's a little dinged up, too. Just not enough prep time in Seattle, hostile environment.
0: I mean, it's going to be a a tough battle. Yeah, I'm not a fan of this game being a Thursday night game. I mean, it really does not help, especially you're coming off of a huge win against Tampa. Emotions are running high. Purdy's coming off his debut. But this defense, man, this defense is just playing so, so, so good. And I think they're able to stop Seattle's defense once again. I think the Niners win it 24-16, and they take care of the NFC West. Saturday, we get a triple header of football on Saturday, and it kicks off at 1 o'clock with the Colts at the Vikings. Who you got?
1: Vikings, 27-13. I mean, the Vikings might not be as good as we think, but Colts I'm near are, are at the bottom of the league. So, they should take care of business.
0: Yeah, Colts have fallen back down to earth after starting the Jeff Saturday era with a bang, but I think the Vikings blow them out here 30 to 13 at home they get back on track. Ravens at the Browns 4:30 on Saturday.
1: I don't really care who starts at quarterback for the Ravens because they're probably just as good as Deshaun Watson is right now. That dude's been terrible. Um and it's just going to be a defensive battle. I'm going to take the Ravens, eking it out again,
0: 13-10. I, th- I like the Browns in this one. I think whether it's Huntley or the other dude, third string, I forgot his first name. I think the last name was Brown. I like the Browns winning this one 26-23. Nick Chubb gets back into things. Deshaun, I agree with you, has not looked good, but he'll figure out, figure out a way to get a win. I think the Browns get it, win by three. Big, big game in primetime on Saturday night. The Dolphins head to Buffalo.
1: Yeah, I'm not expecting too much from this game. If uh, A couple weeks ago, we would have been all hyped up for it. But both teams, not looking as good as they were before. I'm going to take the Bills 24-17. Yeah.
0: I got the Bills 27-20. I'm with you. I don't think the Dolphins come in here and do much. It's going to be freezing. It's going to be snowing all the above. I like the Bills by seven, but they, they still struggle. Josh Allen still struggles a little bit in this one, but they end up finding a way to finish it off. All right, Sunday afternoon, one o'clock slate. Cowboys at the Jaguars.
1: This is going to be an interesting game, man. The Jags played pretty well the other day. I'm going to take the Cowboys in this one,
0: 31-28. Peterson's no stranger to taking on the Dallas Cowboys, and we just saw the Cowboys struggle against the Texans and win. I think this time, if they don't put their foot on the gas pedal early, the Jaguars are going to come out and they're going to bite them. The Texans are not a good team. They're a one-win team for a reason. But the Jaguars are on a different trajectory. I think they win this one, 26-23. They're at home. They're coming off a big win against Tennessee. And now they get another opportunity. And Doug Peterson knows the Cowboys well. I like the Jaguars by three and a big upset here. Lions at the Jets.
1: This is a really good game, man. I think the Lions are coming up high. Jets are coming down low. So that's why I'm going to take the Jets, man. The little zag. Um, Going to be interesting to see how this defense and this offense stack up against each other. But I'm going to take the Jets 23-17.
0: Imagine saying that on week one. That in week 15, Lions at Jets would would be one of the better games on the slate in week 15. Um, I think the Lions keep it rolling. I'm not really sold on the Jets right now. The Lions are red hot. I like them by 5, 26-21 on the road. Um, but that Jets' defense is scary. If they can get enough on offense going, I think they might have a chance. But the offense has been struggling. Mike White's a little banged up. Jared Goff is red hot. I like the Lions. Eagles at the Bears. This could escalate very quickly.
1: Yep. Eagles win 28-20. The Bears, one of the worst teams in the league now. I think the second worst team
0: in the league. Yep, I like the Eagles 34-17. I don't know who's starting at quarterback, if Justin Fields coming back or not. If he does, I think it's a little entertaining, but the Eagles go, they they win big. They score over 30 in this one. Steelers at the Panthers.
1: This is kind of weird, man, because both teams are, are still kind of playing decent football. I will say, um, what's version of Sam Darnold? Is uh, Trubisky playing? I think he is, right? I think so. Um, because of that, I'm going to
0: lean Panthers here, and I'm going to take them 24-20. I like the Panthers too, man. They keep fighting hard. The Steelers, you never know who you're going to get. And if Trubisky starts, I do like the Panthers. I like the Panthers 20-15 to over Pittsburgh. Falcons at Saints.
1: Ugly game here, but I think this is a great debut matchup if you're a new quarterback in a dome against a not-so-good team. I'm going to take the Falcons, 28-20.
0: I don't think this goes well for Atlanta and, and Desmond Ryder. I don't. I think the Saints. Yes, they haven't had a good season, but they're back at home at the Superdome. It's felt like a while since they've had a home game. I think Taysom Hill gets involved. I like the Saints by two scores, twenty-eight fourteen. Chiefs at the Texans. Another game that could escalate very quickly. Yeah, Texans played their one game last week. Chiefs roll forty-seven <laughs> thirteen. Oh shit, Jesus. Um, yeah, I'm gonna take the Texans thirty-one or not the oh. Oh my bad. I'm gonna take the Chiefs. 31-10. to 10. Whew, That was close. No, I like the Chiefs big in this one at Houston. I'll take them 31-10. to 10. Definitely not the Texans. Um, Cardinals at the Broncos.
1: Jeez, I don't... Who, what are we getting in this game, man? Close your eyes. I'm going to take Broncos just because their defense is, is legit. I'm going to take Broncos in this one, 17-13.
0: I don't even know who the Broncos backup quarterback is if Russell Wilson's not starting this game. Even if They're... Russell Wilson is starting this game... I like Colt McCoy. I like Colt McCoy. I think he's actually fairly decent backup for the Cardinals. And I think the Broncos are just, they're still not a good team. I like the Cardinals 20 to 17. Oh, Brett. Yeah. Brett Rippon. It might be him. Yeah. Even then I like Colt McCoy and his experience with D hop and James Connor. I'll take the Cardinals 20 to 17 Patriots at the Raiders. McDaniels against Belichick.
1: Patriots better come in here and take care of business, man. Two teams opposite ways. Um, I think their defense should wreak havoc. Patriots. 27,
0: Raiders 20. I have a weird feeling about this game. I don't know what I, it is. I told
1: you, man. I told you. One of these two teams, the Arizona or the Raiders, are going to be just sketchy.
0: Yeah, and they managed to get past the Cardinals On a lot of that probably had to do with Kyler getting hurt early in that game. I like the Raiders 30-24. to 24. I don't know why. I just have a really weird feeling about this game, and I think the Raiders end up getting it done. Titans at the Chargers. This is an oddly interesting game. Both teams sitting at 7-6. and six.
1: I think the Chargers are starting to figure it out a little bit. A little bit. I like them feeling better um, than I do about the Titans. I'm going to take the Chargers here 28-21. I think Justin Herbert is looking like he's getting healthy again. I feel like that injury he had against KC might have been more serious,
0: and it took him a couple weeks to get over it. See, everything that you just said – is leaning is having me lean towards a typical letdown game for the Chargers. Herbert's finally looking back like himself. They're coming off a win on primetime. The Titans have lost three in a row. The Chargers should get this win, right? No doubt. I'm going to take the Titans by three, 24-21. And I'm mad I didn't sniff that out myself. Yeah, I think Derrick Henry gets going. The Titans, I can't see them losing four in a row. Tannehill gets back on track. It's going to be close, but I like the Titans getting back on track 24-21. Bengals at the Buccaneers.
1: I'm sniffing this one out though because everybody's on the Bengals. Nobody's on the Bucks. Bucks will find a way to muddy this one up and win it. I don't think the Bengals are gonna do much. Um Bucks, 24-21.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you for saying that. I think Tom Brady is probably not gonna lose to two young quarterbacks in back-to-back games, but we're just looking at it, obviously, just you know, passing the eye test. The Bengals are red hot. The Bucks are not. I'll take the Bengals 27-24 and a close one here. The Bengals are playing too good at football. They got to take advantage of a banged up Bucks team. But I'm with you, though. I can see what you're saying. And you're right. The Bucks are going to find a way to try and end up getting a win there. Um, that may actually be a better game than people think, to be honest. Sunday night Giants at Commanders. Huge, huge game.
1: I'm going to do the unthinkable. tie. 23-23. Oh, just wow. when we're like, yo, it's gonna come down to these two games, both of them tie.
0: Has that um, ever happened? When was the last time we've seen a, a team have two ties in a season?
1: It's about to happen. 23-23. These teams are dead even, man. And it's gonna it was supposed to be for that spot in the playoffs, and they're both gonna end up with both ties.
0: If that happens, can can the can the Lions and the Seahawks just both make the playoffs? Can the Packers make the play? Like if you t- and neither of these teams deserve to make the playoffs if that's the case. I'll take the Giants 24-20. I think they, they need a game to come back. I think the Washington's coming up a bye week. Giants need to get back on track, and I think they do. Saquon is a big part of that. And then Monday night at the beginning of the season, this looked like a wicked game, and now all of a sudden it's just not. It should have been Stafford versus Rodgers, two of the top teams in the NFC. Instead, you've got a four-win Rams team against a five-win Packers team, and you've got Rodgers against Baker Mayfield. On Monday Night Football.
1: Packers, just because it's in Lambeau. Um, Don't feel great about it, though. 21-13.
0: Same here. I'm taking the Packers because they're at home on prime time. I like them over the Rams 26-23. Ooh, this is going to be good, man. Another good week. 15 slate. We got football Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's going to be fun. We'll see how the playoff picture fluctuates. And, of course, we will have a World Cup champion next week as well. Uh, Final thoughts, B.
1: Yeah man, this is uh this is a time when the whole family gets pissed at you for hogging the TV. Four days a week of football. Jeez.
0: Facts. Throw in a World Cup final in there as well on Sunday. A lot of a lot of spots should be a jam-packed Sunday of sports, um, for sure. But that'll do it from this episode of Baller Island. Um, keep it luck. We got a whole lot more content coming your way. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for sports for more sports news and analysis. Enjoy Morocco, France tomorrow. And the World Cup Final on Sunday. And then a full slate of football weekend long. And we'll see y'all next week when we recap it all. Thank you for listening to another episode of Baller Island. Keep it locked and stay tuned. We got a lot more sports content coming your way. And don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.